Welcome to the Sign Geeks for All podcast with Dark Neil. Just another manic Monday. Welcome everyone to the first Halloween edition of the Fan Geeks for All podcast. This is your boy Dark Neil, and we are going to have a spooky good time for this Monday, October 30th episode of the Fan Geeks for All podcast. Hope you guys are ready for Halloween. It is officially tomorrow, but since I will not be on the air tomorrow doing the show, we're going to do it up today and make it official. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have like your costumes plan or whatever. I'm usually always a big costume guy, but I've been toning it down recently and I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. I don't know. I keep I try to keep it simple. So, I am literally just going to pull out one of my you know, John Carpenter Halloween Michael Myers t-shirts and I'm going to throw that on and that's going to be it. That's how I celebrate Halloween. <laughs> and then of course I have my I have my Mike Myers um you know, one of those, I forgot, well, there's a collection, you know, those tall, kind of tall action figure kind of things that you see in stores a lot. I have my Michael Myers one and has the pumpkin that lights up. So that's going to, that's going to be on in full effect. So I'm, that's how I do my Halloween now. I, I kind of keep it simple and I don't even do the whole candy thing anymore. I remember in New York, um, my mom and I would always do the, the, the Halloween thing. We'd have the bowl of candy ready, the bags all prepared and Ziploc with various candies and give it out. So we were the talk of our building when it came to Halloween. We did it up good. Kids love coming to our door. But after a while, we stopped doing it <laughs> because it gets too expensive to keep doing candy all the time or whatever. So we would just pretend we're not home <laughs> and let the kids just go on. It just kind of died out. And then the same thing with just me on my own, you know. I used to, I did it a little bit on my own, and then I, you know, same thing, I toned it down and just, you know, want to celebrate celebrate Halloween in my own way. So I, I stopped kind of doing the giving out of candy thing. I kind of gave up that tradition, but um, that doesn't mean you should. You got to do the tradition however it's good for you. If you, you know, yourself or your family, if you do the candy thing, go for it because kids love that. And, you know, but like I said, things have changed now. And then a lot of, you know, it's so funny how Halloween used to belong to kids. And now adults, it belongs more. It still belongs to kids, but adults have been thrown in the mix for decades now with adult costumes and stuff like that or whatever. Trust me, I once upon a time, I used to work at Goodwill and I used to see the costumes that we get. That was a massive time. For Halloween, I don't even want to walk into a Goodwill now to see what it looks like because their costumes were just all over the place, and it was just mass hysteria. Kids' costumes, adult costumes, it was just crazy. But it looked cool. It did look cool though. So that's why I said Halloween is is one of my favorites. Two two of my favorite holidays holidays next to my own birthday is Halloween and Christmas. Those are the two top ones. So um, I try to do it big just the, in my own way for those holidays. And like I said, for me, Halloween 2023, I'm just simply picking one of my Mike Myers Halloween t-shirts and throwing it on, and, which is not a far stretch because I only have two. <laughs> so I, But I have a new, one of them is a brand new one that I, that I just got because I only rocked the one that I had. So I got a new one that shows 
Mike Myers right on the front because the first one just has the original, you know, um, the original Halloween that you see from the from uh, what you call the original film, um, the original 1978 film. So it's just that kind of poster looking one. So the one I have now that I'm walking today is going to is a Mike Myers one that looks pretty cool where, um, you know, it and it base it basically just says the night he came home. So it looks pretty cool. It looks pretty kick ass. So got it at Walmart. It was it was, you know, not bad. It looked cool. <laughs> so that is my costume for today. And that is what I'll be rocking. And then probably tomorrow already have a Halloween one. <laughs> so that's it. But um, I thank you for joining me today on this special Halloween edition of the Fan Geeks for All podcast. As always, for all my new listeners, you can always listen to and follow this podcast on Spotify and all the other major platforms. Make sure to subscribe to both my YouTube channel as well as my website, darkneofangeeks.com. If you're a gamer, you definitely want to check out my brand new online store, darkneosgameroom.weebly.com. New games, pre-ordered games, consoles, game cards, computer stuff. I got it all for you right there on that site. So make sure you check that out, darkneosgameroom.weebly.com. Pretty cool stuff. All you have to do is click on Ready Player One and you're there. Also, if you're on Facebook, check out my Fan Geeks Fall podcast fan page. Um, it's a cool page. You get to hear the new episodes that I do on the show. If you don't have all the other platforms, you can just go onto that page right there and listen to it. You can also post on the message board. Shout me on there. Tell me what you like or love, like or hate about the show. Just put it on there. Hopefully it's like and not hate. <laughs> and you can put it on there. And also, if you want to become an exclusive member to my Fan Geeks for All fan club, I highly recommend you check my Patreon site. It's patreon.com slash support fangeeks for all. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash support fangeeks, the number four A-L-L. You go on there, click that um, membership button, hit that subscribe button. It's 100% optional, but if you do join, it's $10 a month. And for that membership, you're going to get a free t-shirt and... And you're also going to get some other promo stuff that I'm going to be doing later down in the road in the future. Some freebies I'll be giving out. Cool stuff because I don't give away cheap shit. I give away good stuff. So you definitely want to be a part of that if you want to become an exclusive member. Plus, it helps, you know, keep this show going. So I truly appreciate all the love and support you guys can give me on that. That will be great. All right, guys. So we're not going to waste any time because I know you want to get your costumes ready and Get your trick-or-treating going and all that stuff or however you do. So let's get it on. All right. So unfortunately, I have to start this show on a sad note. Um, This past Saturday, Hollywood lost a terrific, funny actor with the sudden passing of Matthew Perry. Matthew was found unresponsive in his hot tub at his home. And was pronounced dead to what doctors believe to be a cardiac of a cardiac arrest. A toxology report has already been done, but it may take a few months um, before we know the results um, officially. Um, police say no legal drugs were found on the scene. In fact, the only drugs that were there were prescription drugs that Perry was was on. 
and no signs of foul play was found at all. Um, of course, all of us remember um, Matthew Perry as one of the six principal characters of the phenomenal hit television show Friends, playing the hilarious Chandler Bing from 1994 to 2004 on NBC. Perry began, began his acting career in 1979 with a small part in an ABC television police drama called 240 Robert. His first major film was the 1988 River Phoenix film, A Night in the Life of Jimmy Reardon, which was a really good film. I haven't seen that film in a long time, but it was a really good movie. And then he would go on to appear in other films and shows before landing his most notable, iconic role in Friends. Uh, Matthew Perry was only 54 years old, and his smile and talent will definitely be missed. So um, rest in peace, Matthew, and my prayers go out to um, his family and friends, and of course his most famous friends of all, his cast members of friends. Um, I know this must be hard for you guys. It's still hard for all of us to know that he just suddenly, just like that, is gone. But he will definitely be remembered. He left such a legacy, you know, with him, uh, with us, and um, we're going to miss him. We're going to miss him. That's pretty much all I can say. All right, so on to the rest, livening up the mood for this episode. Um, I recently have been playing the new Spider-Man 2 game for PS5. And let me tell you something. This by far is the best Spider-Man game ever. Like ever, ever, ever. And trust me, I, I, I say that in all honesty because... The first time I even got into PlayStation, I never got the PlayStation One. I I got I went I waited and went straight to PS Two. The very first game I ever played for PS Two was Spider Man, and this was like the Tobey Maguire, um, you know, Sam Raimi directed Spider Man. So that game was really cool, you know, because it was the first time Spider Man had been implemented in a in. In a true, you know, video game. Um, I mean, he's been in other little kind of 2D kind of games before. But the Spider-Man for PS2 was great. That was like such a cool game. I remember spending hours on that. It was really, really cool. And then um, by the time when, you know, for the um, when the PS4 came out, um, I had played... Um, I think it was the PS4, yeah, because I had played the Spider-Man when the new Spider-Man game, um, that was more catered to not the Tobey Maguire one, but also not really the Tom, the the um Tom Holland one. This was, but it was a, just a different universe of the timeline. But it was basically Spider-Man in his the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man in Queens swinging around. It was a cool game. And I believe it was the P- I it was PS4 that I had that on, and that was great. And then when I got my PS5, of course I graduated to the next game, which was Spider-Man Miles Morales, who was basically the second Spider-Man. You know, you know Peter's young new um, protege that um, he's training to be a Spider-Man because Miles is new to his powers and stuff. And Miles' powers, of course, as anyone knows, are plays the game or what read the comics miles has the same powers as as peter parker 
but more enhanced. His powers mainly are based around on an electrical charge. So he can still fly through the city, spin webs and all that stuff, but he has an additional bonus that he can infuse this electrical charge from his his suit, you know, and just knock out enemies like, bam, like with a flash, not really lightning, because that's Thor's thing, but just with electricity. So, and, and it, there's different powers, different techniques he comes up with and gadgets that he makes to, to bright, to heighten those powers. Um, and now... PS5 has released um, Spider-Man 2, the long-awaited Spider-Man 2, and that is what I've been playing now, and as I said, this by far is my favorite Spider-Man game. What I love about this game, especially if you played the Spider-Man game previously and then Spider-Man Miles Morales, this game is the best of both worlds, because you have both Peter Parker as his Spider-Man and Miles Morales as his Spider-Man, or as they like to call them the Spider-Men in the game. It is really cool because you get to go back and forth between Peter and Miles. And then of course you you do you do a thing where you fight together. But there as you go through the city, um there's there's different element there's different ones where only Miles can do and different stuff that only Peter can do. Um, and mostly it's like side quest stuff or whatever, or certain missions or whatever part of the story. Um, and what I also love about the game is that the entire city of New York is opened up. I mean, it's pretty much open. There's not much blocked off. It is you so Queens, Brooklyn, Manhattan. Um, you know, all of that is 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 there. I don't I don't know about Staten Island though. <laughs> I mean, I. I, I don't think I've come... I mean, you get, you know, Greenwich, Greenwich Village because you get to see the Sanctum Sanctorium that um, Doctor Strange lives in. So that... There's a there's a particular mission that that um, features um, the character Black Cat and she's doing something in the Sanctum Sanctorium that you have to stop her. But you don't go inside the Sanctum. The mission, you just see... You just see what's going on outside of it. And it has something, and it storyline has to deal with the Black Cat character, who we were introduced from the first Spider-Man game as a as a bonus um, as a bonus DLC that um you got to play. Um, so it's pretty cool, and the story you know picks up from where you know years after the events of the Spi- first Spider-Man game and the Miles Morales game, it the events pick up after that. And so the same characters like Mazmarellis' friend Genki and the, this girl, this deaf girl he likes, Haley, they're in, they're of course in the game. And, and Genki already knew Miles' secret, but now Haley knows his secret too. So that's a new thing because, you know, in, in the first, in, in Spider-Man Miles Morales, you know, Haley didn't know that that um miles was the new spider-man but apparently in this one she knows now and it's cool she's cool with it so it's like everybody knows i mean his mom knows well his mom knew from the the first miles Morales game but yeah his mom knows Haley knows genki knows so it's no secret and also in this game they you know they added the story of um peter parker's best friend um harry osborne because if you played 
um, especially if you played the, um, I believe it was, I can't remember if it was the ending of Miles Morales or at least the ending of Spider-Man. We saw a hint of what's to come with um, Harry Osborn because he's been like going through some disease where he's kind of dying and his father, Norman Os- uh, um, Oswald, um, Osborn, um, saves him his life with with the, um, I guess you'd call it the venom serum, you know, and it basically saves his life. But later on in the game, you realize Harry or Harry realizes that this venom treatment he's got comes out at the most weirdest times and then he kind of gets into it and um eventually him and spider-man team up because spoiler alert harry does find out that peter parker is spider-man and it actually ends up being like one of the best things because you get to see him and harry together which is cool because if you remember especially from like the toby Maguire spider-man films Harry and Peter started to have a falling out, especially by the time when Harry found out that Peter was Spider-Man and Spider-Man killed his dad, Norman Osborn. It was tension, you know, between them, which eventually they did patch up, you know, when when Harry became the new Green Goblin and all that stuff. So it, 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 in the films, it, it, worked, it still worked out. Unfortunately, in the films, Harry Osborn dies, you know, um so it's a sad it ends it sadly but in this game it's like a whole different universe so harry and peter are still best buddies and mary jane is still you know peter's love interests you know and all that stuff so it's a cool game i mean graphics wise the fact that you get all of new york city is so cool it is totally cool. So you can fast once you've earned the fast travels throughout the map. You can fast travel to Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, wherever you know, and stuff like that. There's one part of the map I'm kind of confused with, and maybe as I progress in the story, it'll be explained. And I first I thought this was a glitch, but apparently I don't think it is. If you look at the map, if for anyone who knows the game, who's played Spider-Man, who's played Spider-Man, Miles Morales, you would know how the map looks like. But for those of you who are also playing um, Spider-Man 2 currently, like I am, you probably notice that in the center of the map, there's a whole block of the city that's kind of not inaccessible, but it's kind of like like the movie Inception. It's twisted. It's like the buildings are like, like almost like missing puzzle pieces or whatever. And if you get trapped in that void, you just instantly die. Unless you're able to swing out of it, which I've done a couple of times, you really have to try hard on it. It's not like swinging through the regular city. For some reason, this part of the map is, like I said, it's not really off limits. You can go through it, but you're going to be instantaneously put into this weird void in the city and it's so far I haven't gotten that far in the story to figure out the explanation as to why it's like that. I thought it was a glitch. I thought it was a glitch, but I've reset the I've reset the game and played it, and that is still there. So I'm assuming this is part of the story. Why for something and and that is happening there, and I wouldn't be surprised if um 
Mysterion was, Mysterio was involved in it because the character for Mysterio, um, what's his name, Beck, is in is in the game as well. But he's not the he's not like the Beck we've saw in the Spider Man movie with Tom Holland. This this Beck is a little different. He's like a carny hustler at 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 when they when there's a scene there's a whole scene where. Peter, Harry, and MJ go to Coney Island. Just have a, a night of fun. You know, no Spider-Man in being involved. Just have a night of fun, play games, because you have to literally go and play all all the games and go on the rides and stuff. It's like part of this this fun mission. Um, but there's a part in there, there's a scene where um, I think it's... Actually, I don't think. Well, there, there's that one, but there's another one dealing with Miles. Because, like I said, there's a there's a whole thing with Peter, Harry, and MJ going to Coney Island. But there's also another one, another scenes before the Coney Island one that deals with Miles Morales, where he has to, he meets with um, Beck's character, who of course is a Mysterio, and he goes into this building. Where it's kind of, it's all, as all hallucin, you know, it's all illusion and stuff like that, you know, because Beck is kind of a con artist. He's an illusionary con artist. So he feels all this illusions and stuff, and it trips Miles out at the end of it. So, um, and there's things in the city where you have to go through that, that setup, Mysterio setup that I haven't even done yet. But, um, other than that, like I said, the game is really, really cool. One of the best Spider-Man games. I mean, I, 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 I'm not going to say it's easy. There's, I mean, some parts are easy and some parts are not so easy. You know, I'm, you know, even on the amazing level, you know, because that's why I'm playing right now. The highest level you could play is on Spectacular where it's much, much harder, you know. But um, I'm playing it right now on the amazing level and it's it's hard, but it's great. You know, you just have to get used to learning the fight combos and stuff like that. And swinging through the city because now both Miles and 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 Peter, with their respective Spider-Man suits, can glide through the city with you know how you have the web arms underneath the armpits. They can literally glide through the city and fly a little faster. The gliding controls take a while to master. I can tell you that right now. It's it's you. It's basically like just kind of flying a jet plane and banking it and all that stuff. But it takes a while to learn. Because there's one particular mission that's like I'm finding as mission impossible where you have to chase after this robotic eagle or whatever and you have to follow the trails and it's a Miles Morales mission and it's hard for me to do. I'm st- I'm almost close. You have to get like you have to follow the trails and get to 100% where he can track the, um, the, the, the this mechanical eagle's um, tracking system or whatever to where the hideout is. And I've gotten as far as 85% of the tracking done. It's hard to follow, keep that trail. you got to not bang to buildings or whatever and not let the thing go away. Because there's a certain part where it goes off and you can't venture into where it's going. The, the mission ends and you have to redo it again. So it's a hard one to do. So you got to keep practicing at it. But like I said, other than that, it, the game is great. I'm still in the middle of the story. I have not finished the story yet. So I'm literally still deep into the story of it. But man, is this game great. This game is so freaking cool. And I waited a long time for it because, like I said, I played the Spider-Man. I played the Miles Morales game. And I was waiting patiently for this. This game is freaking awesome. 
It was freaking awesome. My boy Ian was telling me about it first before I got it, and that just hyped me up more to get it. So when I got it, I am loving it now. Best Spider-Man video game ever. So cheers to Insomniac Games. They really came up with a good one. This is the best one you guys have ever come up with, and I am totally loving it. All right. So as I mentioned in the beginning, this is the first Halloween edition episode of the Fan Geeks for All podcast. And today I thought it would be cool if I gave you my breakdown of my favorite Halloween films and specials that I've watched throughout the years. And these are in no particular order. They're literally random. I'm just picking out what I things that I love the most. All right. So the the show Two and a Half Men um, starring John Cryer, um, and well, it, it was John Cryer, and then um, uh, oh my God, I'm I can't believe I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, man, I'm actually forgetting his name. Well, you know, you know who I'm talk I'm I'm talking about the other guy. I'm I'm sorry, I'm forgetting his name right now. I'm having a mental block here. Haven't had my coffee yet. <laughs> but um, you know the show, Two and a Half Men. So, Two and a Half Men had a Halloween episode that originally aired nine years ago today, actually, on October 30th, 2014. Um, It's a personal favorite episode of mine. And why is it a favorite? Because in the episode, John Cryer's character, Alan, for his Halloween costume, dressed up once again as Ducky Dale, the beloved character he played in the 1986 John Hughes-written film Pretty in Pink with Molly Ringwald. The ovation he got from the audience on the taping of that episode when he walked out dressed in the full Ducky iconic clothes, jacket and hat and the buttons and the pants and the sneakers. Oh my God. And the hairstyle, the little poofy hairstyle in front. The ovation he got from the audience was so amazing and it was so genuine of a surprise because no one in that audience had seen him on stage beforehand because sometimes when you go to these show tapings, they're setting up the scene, they're blocking it or whatever, and you can see the actors or whatever. No one saw him. They It wanted to be a, I guess the producers and the directors wanted it to be an authentic surprise when they see him come out in his Halloween costume because the first one that came out this was the Ashton Kutcher um years when Ashton Kutcher had um had come in after he whose name I can't remember <laughs> left the show <laughs> I can't believe I can't remember his name I, I'm gonna feel so stupid now but um when at when it was John Cryer and Ashton Kutcher it was that two and a half men era so when the episode starts john um ashton kutcher comes out as a zombie elvis you know and then when he's telling alan hey alan come on hurry up we're gonna be the girls are almost gonna be here we're gonna be late and he's like i'm coming just finishing the final touches on my costume and out comes ducky dale and the audience went nuts i was at home watching it going ape shit i was like ah Ducky was my favorite character from Pretty in Pink. I love that movie. I love all John Hughes movies. I'm a major John Hughes fanatic. Rest in peace, John Hughes. But man, Pretty in Pink was a personal favorite of mine because I, at that time, I literally was Ducky Dale. I could so relate 
to Ducky's character and everything he went through about kind of being shot down by the girl he secretly loved for all his school life or whatever and gets rejected. I've been there. I'm Ducky Dale. <laughs> I'm the original Ducky Dale. <laughs> so I have been there. So that's why that film resonates with me. So when that Halloween episode of Two and a Half Men came on and I see John Cryer come out as Ducky Dale, holy shit, I was just going to say it. It's, it. It was so cool for me to, uh, to watch. And it was so funny that Ashton Kutcher's character um, didn't know who who Alan was supposed to be he, he was like you know you know and you know John Cryer as Alan is like you know Ducky Dale from Pretty in Pink the the friend and so so and so oh okay so you're Molly Ringwald <laughs> it's like and and he had no clue because of course Ashton is younger than John Cryer or at least the as same thing with the characters that they play so he so at, there's one point where where Ashton Kutcher's character is like, so who played him in the movie? Boy George? <laughs> like, he had no clue. <laughs> but it was so cool. And like I said, just one of my favorite episodes. Just to see John Cryer back in. How how he's still able to fit in the same ducky clothes, I guess. But he it's not like he gained weight over the years. He pretty much is the same size. <laughs> just older. <laughs> but I love that episode. I thought it was so funny. And so cool that that they did that. It it like the because it literally the minute he slid onto the stage, it quickly turned the clock back to 1986 all over again. It was just perfect. <laughs> all right. So next on my list is it's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, which is the ultimate classic 1966 Peanuts Gang animated film that they show on TV every year. And has always been a fun one for me. With all the kids dressed up in their costumes to go trick-or-treating. Especially Charlie Brown's famous ghost costume. Where he had a tough time with the scissors. Trying to cut out eye holes in the white sheet. And ended up having several holes cut out. Just set the mood for laughter for the for the for this short film. Added to the fact that every house the gang went to. For trick or treating, when each kid leaves the house and 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 they they go around saying what kind of candy each one got, poor Charlie Brown simply says, "I got a rock." <laughs> it's like everyone get this poor kid with a white sheet that's full of holes. All he gets is a rock. So every house they, they and it's like twice in the film, that he was like, "I I I got." Uh, I got some je- jelly beans. I got a candy bar. I got a so and so. Charlie Brown, I got a rock. <laughs> so all he got was rocks. <laughs> oh my god, it's just so funny. But of course, the most memorable part of the story <laughs> is how Linus decides to skip trick or treating. In order to sit outside the pumpkin patch all night to wait for the non-existing great pumpkin to rise out of the pumpkin patch and bring toys to all the good little children of the world. (laughs) And he's the only one that believes in this great pumpkin who doesn't exist. What makes it more pathetic is that Charlie Brown's little sister Sally 
feel so bad for Linus because Linus is not going to go trick-or-treating because he's going to stay in the pumpkin patch to wait for the great pumpkin. Sally decides to keep Linus company and skip her trick-or-treating just to stay with him while all the other kids go. And of course, the end result, no great pumpkin shows up. Sally is completely pissed off that she missed trick-or-treating and Linus's Halloween hopes are shot down again. <laughs> So it is just the time because I have it on DVD because I have a, a bunch of the holiday ones. So that's one of them I have. And they show it on TV every year. It's tradition that you have to watch that every Halloween year. You got to watch that. It is so, so, so funny <laughs> and classic. All right. So another Halloween animated classic for me is the 1993 Tim Burton-written film, The Nightmare Before Christmas. This, by far, is one of my favorite holiday films because it combines my two favorite holidays, Halloween and Christmas, into one funny and creative film, telling the story of Jack Skellington, the leader and hero of Halloween Town, who always inspires to make the Halloween holiday better than the year before. But when he accidentally gets sucked through the doorway of Christmas Town, he discovers not only a new and wonderful world unlike his, but he realizes that it's the perfect new idea he's been longing to implement into his Halloween for everyone, which of course goes terribly wrong. <laughs> With some of the best, most memorable songs of any animated film I've ever heard and a great cast, The Nightmare Before Christmas is a cult classic that will be celebrated every Halloween until the end of time. I mean, you cannot go anywhere without seeing Jack Skellington on a t-shirt, on, some, on something. He's like all over the Jack Skellington costume. He's just everywhere for the holiday season. Even when it's not Halloween, I see people with the Jack Skellington shirt. That's how iconic the character is. And that's all because of Tim Burton. He was the one who created Jack Skellington. He he wrote the story for the, you know, for the film. So that's from the brilliant, bizarre mind of, of Tim Burton. And it's Jack Skellington has just become a cult classic. My niece, Rachel, is loves... Jack Skellington's one of her favorite characters. She's like so obsessed with Jack Skellington. So yeah, it is. It's 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 one. It's so fun. I love that movie. I I have it on DVD. One of my favorites. Simply the best that you gotta watch every year. You know. So that is that's the cool. It's it's just timeless to me. It's just timeless. And like I said, we'll be celebrated till the until the dawn until the end time. Alright, so that brings me to my final favorite. And there's no way I could have ended this Halloween edition of the Fan Geeks for All Fan Club without mentioning the Halloween film franchise. Originally released in 1978, John Carpenter's Halloween gave birth to one of the most iconic horror monsters in cinematic history, Michael Myers also known as The Shape. It also introduced us to Jamie Lee Curtis as the surviving sister of Michael, Laurie Strode, who would become 
equally iconic to the franchise and right up there in the Scream Queens category, almost like one of the leaders. Um, the Halloween film franchise has gone through two changes since its debut. The original story had eight films from 1978 to 2002. The one I, and from that era, I say, if you get the collection, don't watch Halloween 3. It sucked ass. It was the worst one and had nothing to do with the Michael Myers, Laurie Strode story. It was just a standalone Halloween thing. And I can't remember what happened at the time, why they filmed that. I I think um, Carpenter was getting like a like either bad rep or something as far as like the last Halloween movie. I don't know if it did successfully well. So, you know, studios weren't really banking on a Halloween, you know, him continuing. So they came up with this boring ass story for Halloween 3. And like I said, I had the Halloween collection on DVD or Blu-ray. I can't even remember. That's the one disc I have never even popped out of the case. I leave it in there. In fact, I think I have popped out of the case, but not to watch it, but to turn it upside down so I don't even see the face of it. That's how bad the movie is. It was horrible. So don't watch that one. But yeah, the original story had eight films, like I said, from 1978 to 2002. But then in 2007, a reboot was created by Rob Zombie which gave us a new telling, new tellings of the Michael Myers story with his last one released in 2009. And I got a, my hats off to Rob Zombie. I was hesitant to watch it because no one can touch John Carpenter, what John Carpenter created. I thought it was perfect the way it was. But then I watched Rob Zombie's Halloween and I was like, oh shit, this is freaking good. It was a different side of Mike Myers we got that that we didn't see in John Carpenter's version because we got to see him in the the whole psych ward or whatever that he was in that mental institution we never saw that from the other one so we Rob Zombie brought that telling to it so I thought Rob Zombie did a great job so I have nothing bad to say about that one his both Halloween and Halloween 2 that Rob Zombie did, I got nothing bad to say. He did a great job of the retelling of that and brought a new his own vision to it. And I was scared, like I said, when it, when I first heard about the first Halloween, but my my fears ended right away when I watched that movie because it was great. It was really, really good. And it was just his imagination of the Mike Myers character, so I thought it was great. So... Um, so then after that, after the Rob Zombie era, in 2018, John Carpenter resurfaced and decided for the fans of the story, the true diehard fans, to scrap everything we had seen from 1981 to 2009 and give us the true sequels to the Michael Myers timeline. First, starting with Halloween, simply titled Halloween, in 2018, which brought back Jamie Lee Curtis and, and the and and um it the storyline it continued years after the events of the original 1978 film. So we see exactly where Laurie Strode is in her life now, the relationship she has with her daughter and her and um 
uh, her her granddaughter and all that stuff. Just just the kind of relationship she has and how nuts she has gotten and and just you know kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for. She's just, I mean, she's been so obsessed with, you know, with Mike Myers and and has always had this fear that he's going to return one of these days. And she's kept that fear up where literally even where she lives is all security gated and whatever is like her own little compound. Um, but yeah, it's so 2018. Um, that's when John Carpenter released that. And it was a great story. It was then followed by Halloween Kills in 2021. And then it concluded with the final chapter in the franchise called Halloween Ends last year, 2022. And I watched all three. And man, it I was so like when even when Halloween Kills came out and I saw how that ended and I already knew like there was going to be Halloween ends because when Halloween kills was announced, Halloween ends was announced as well as the final one. They literally had both of them back to back. I think it was actually, I think they were actually filmed simultaneously back to back. Um, Cause it literally continues right after how you see Halloween, Halloween ends starts just where Halloween kills left off. It's a continuation. So they filmed both movies back to back and I was so curious and not so much nervous, just curious to see how in the hell are they going to end this long going franchise? How do you kill Mike Myers? Is it even possible to kill him? He's been killed off in so many different ways. I was like, how are they going to do this? And when I saw how they did it, I was like, okay. He is officially dead now, you know, and you, I, hopefully you guys saw it because I, you know, if you didn't see it, you know, in the spirit of Halloween, I'm not even going to reveal it because maybe there's some of you out there that didn't watch it. But all I can say is when you watch Halloween ends, Michael Myers is officially dead. They found a way. And man, was it good. It did not disappoint. Because I was curious as to how they were going to do it. And the way they tied it into the story. Is with, and Laurie Strode's. And the Laurie Strode character and all that stuff. It, it was fitting. It was probably the best ending John Carpenter to come up with. To kill off his classic iconic horror character. So, you know. So that's why I said I could not end this show without mentioning that because Mike Myers was it. I mean, he's right up there on the Mount Rushmore of of horror films characters. He's right up there with Freddy Krueger. He's right up there with Jason Voorhees. He's right up there with I don't know who else you Chucky. <laughs> you know, I, he's he's up there with them. So yeah, it was great. And like I said, the Halloween franchise overall, with the exception of that stupid ass part three, <laughs> um, it was just great. It was just perfect, and um, it, it's it was so cool to watch. And um, I I the only thing I had wished, and it was more so for me, I had wished that for this actually episode you're listening to now of the Fangs Fall podcast, I originally wanted to try and get Jamie Lee Curtis interviewed. I really wanted to do just a quick over the phone type of thing. And I actually reached out to her 
to to see if she would. And I even reached out to the actor who played the shape in 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 the new Halloween films. I reached out to both of them and of course heard nothing. <laughs> so that would have been stellar had I gotten that. That would this that would have made this episode probably the best episode ever of the Fangies for all podcasts had I got them. But no love loss. I still love Jamie Lee Curtis, so um maybe next year. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Depends on how how famous I get. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, gang. That's going to wrap it up for this Halloween episode of the Fan Geeks for All podcast. Um, Remember to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday to listen to new episodes of the Fan Geeks for All podcast. Make sure to follow me on Spotify or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on right now. Click that follow button. Subscribe to both my YouTube channel as well as... um, my YouTube my YouTube channel as well as my website darkneofangeeks.com for all my gamers be sure to check out my new online gaming store darkneosgameroom.weebly.com new games stuff you can pre-order everything gaming wise is all on there so go there click that ready player one and enjoy also stop by Facebook if you got a chance join my official fan geeks for all podcast fan page where i post up new episodes like this one you can message me on there and share your love for the show and you know ask me anything you want and if you'd like to support the show and i do encourage you to please join my fan geeks for all fan club by visiting patreon.com slash support fan geeks for all that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash support fan geeks the number four a-l-l um and you get a free t-shirt from that. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> Alright kids. That's going to do it. Halloween is officially tomorrow. So have fun. And please be safe. Enjoy the rest of your Monday as well. Another new episode will be uploaded on Wednesday. So make sure you tune in for that. Until then. Have a great day. A frighteningly great Halloween tomorrow. And take a little time to become a fan geek for all. One love, y'all. I will catch you on the next time. Bye-bye.